See, this is the real secret of life, to be completely engaged with the here and now. Welcome to the Human Derek Podcast, connecting you with the seven fundamentals of life that will take you to the next level. Everybody wants to fulfill the highest, truest expression of yourself. <laughs> it was all a dream. Today is about the power of you. You've now entered the Human Derek Podcast. Podcast. Kind of a quick check-in here, so a little recording. Better eat my fat butter. Mmm, <laughs> fat butter. Mm. Okay, so go ahead. Little mic check. Can you hear my soft, <laughs> smooth bites on the fat butter? Okay. Keto dream. Uh, <laughs> what's up? No, I was just looking at the time. I was just curious. Oh yeah, we got. Uh, you got a hard stop at what time? Uh, we should. Uh, we need like six forty-five. Okay, whatever. You're the boss. You can check it out. We can even turn the Alexa timer on if you want. Oh, okay. Do you we'll want get, to do an Alexa we'll timer? We'll get the... Uh, no, I think we'll be good. Okay, dang. She heard me now. She's probably... Once you say her name, she's activated. Oh, they're going to they're gonna hear you either way. Kind of like an ex-girlfriend. Like, once you say their name, they're just activated. They know you're thinking about them. They text you right away. You're like, what all I do is think about that person. Or like if you first learn about a word and everywhere you go, you see that word or you hear it or you hear it in conversation or... What have you? Have you? Is there a word that's happened with you lately? Recently, um, no. But I feel like if you were to learn a word like xylophone, you're like, oh look, I see those guys, these delivery men, putting a xylophone into a building today. <laughs> that's a very specific word. Uh, yeah, right. Something you know, because that's I think that's what maybe also contributes to the phenomenon of seeing that thing everywhere because it's interesting. Have you, so I love going woo-woo on stuff, and then I also like the fact mm -hmm. that most like woo, and I, I don't say it in a bad way at all, like I'm very woo-woo in a lot of ways, but I, yep. I also find there's often a, a scientific version that you can ground in now as we continue to discover mm -hmm. things. So have you ever heard of the reticular activating system? I think I've heard of it, but that's about the limit. It is legitimately, so our brain processes all kinds of things. Like we just did this crazy beach uh, you were showing me some things with the mace, which we're mm -hmm. definitely going to get into. And, mm -hmm. and my brain starts to go, okay, I just learned this one move. Now you got like 17 more things. How do I move my hand? Mm -hmm. um, because there's so much for us to take in that we ignore most of what is going on around us. And so our reticular activating system helps us hone in these things called heuristics, like mental shortcuts. And so like it's when you buy a red car. And now you see a red car, red car, red car. Mm -hmm. It's because your brain's thinking about it. So it's trying to process the things and, and look for the things that are most relevant. That's a very non-scientific sort of dumbed down version of what this very complex human thing is. But that's my my personal reminder. Yeah, it's kind of like reminds me of of patterns and the way that our brains tend to to seek them out. I think people are different in the way that they seek out patterns or the, the types that they see. But nevertheless, there's kind of this thirst for finding a pattern or a continuation and then seeing where it begins and ends. And I mean, you talked about like routine earlier, you know, being on the dot. I think there's a kind of innate programming that we have as humans to find those patterns and to work in them and then even break them. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I done this with goal sheets over the years, you know, like whatever you want to call it, just a little daily reminder. Mm -hmm. Some people call it a prayer or a meditation sheet or a daily review, but from each morning, just reciting things to myself, um, whether you go woo woo and say, that's, you know, God helping you find the path throughout the day, or you go science and say, well, no, you just trained your brain each morning to, to do and, and to do things throughout the day and make decisions that put you more 
you know, closer to your goals or more in alignment with them. So there's all kinds of ways to do it, but it is, it's a type of training yourself, whether it's spirit, mind, body, whatever. Does your like, does your routine work in like affirmations of, you know, I mean, I, there's, you know, I, I'm aware of like the unlifted coaches and the, hmm. um, the kind of stories we tell ourselves and things like that. So does your, is yours, a, I mean, tell me about maybe your, your morning process in that regard. Yeah, man, it's, uh, it's interesting. Like when I hear like unlifted coaches or hear all these different things, like I had some of the day going, Oh, are you talking about the like Jordan Peterson, like self narrative thing? I'm like, what's that? He starts to describe it. And I'm like in the chills. I'm like, dude, I don't know. I know Jordan Peterson is. I love that guy. Uh, I have no idea what you're talking about in terms of program, but based on what I've like the struggles I had at one point in life and how I worked through it, you should do that. Like that sounds cool. You know, mm-hmm. um, mine is, I think it's evolved, uh, like journaling, for example, I, I've often just seek out like, what are really, what are certain people doing in their life that helps them stay? I have a small group of people that I really look up to and they've been a big influence over me the last six years. And so I just kind of like pick their brain when I can, Hey, you know, how do you deal with this? What do you do that? Mm-hmm. And they tell me, and oftentimes, sometimes it's like, man, there's like, how would I do that every day? It was 20 minute thing. So it's about starting, you know, doing it in small chunks. And I, was really resistant my brain my body whatever to like journal in the morning like how do i just come up with stuff or how do i find the time so mm-hmm. i bought this five minute journal you know two and a half three years ago and what i realized is doing it for a year consistently trained me like when i ran out of pages in it i still had that re- like oh man i want to journal like i feel better when i do it so then i started just journaling on my own so i think these these small step to things but my i have a day before my day so it's not, um, it's not, it's it, when people hear it, sometimes you're like, what? So I wake up at like, I don't use an alarm, wake up at like four, four yeah. fifteen, four thirty is the latest. My body's like, Hey man, time to get up. Uh, 20 minutes of silence, meditation, people call it all kinds of different things. I do something called transcendental meditation. Uh, then I jump right into journaling. It's usually about 10 minutes. Um, I'll, I'll that's I hit the workout after that. So workout, usually listen to audible for the first like 40 minutes of the workout. Um, it used to be much shorter, like 20 minutes. Now I find I can, my brain can handle about 40 minutes of information. Mm-hmm. And then it's about, I'll have about, I usually do like 30 minutes of lifting or whatever's going on. And then cardio is like pretty solid on 20 minutes. I love the air bikes. You see, I got one in the corner, that kind of thing. And so the last 10 minutes of my workout, it's really the only time I hit music. Then I'm back home, get ready for the day, coffee. I'm working on a book right now. So I'll spend 20 minutes writing on the book. And then it's, you know, by that time it's about seven o'clock. <laughs> That's an awesome, that's like, yeah, that's a total, that's a total CEO routine. As you were telling me about your experience coaching and business, business sales and some stuff in the past, it's like, you know, the, those kinds of routines and particularly when you look at executives and and leadership of companies, there's definitely a different way that they go about, whether it's waking up in the morning, their routines, when they're checking email, I'm sure you've heard about all that, like spending, making sure like you're giving the dedicated time to doing those things. I think the morning stuff is, you know, you keep hearing more and more about it, whether it's journaling or the, or, or working out, um, or even flow and just, you know, journaling in some cases or just creative writing. I know some people that do creative writing and that's because it seems like there's a lot of research that suggests that our brains work most creatively and think most abstract in the morning when they're fresh mm. and we get up. I don't know if it has to do with our circadian rhythm or anything like that, but there's a lot of people that I keep hearing like yourself who have like a really good morning routine and particularly something where they're, they're working on something in some capacity. It seems like it, it's where they're able to really get the creative juices going. 
Well, and there's something too, uh, like I, I convinced myself, oh, I'm a night owl for most of my life. So when I started making these changes, it was really just about changing my story. And, and one thing I'm, I'm actually working hard to do is like yesterday, Gareth came over, I was telling you, and we were sitting there doing a podcast. Uh, afterwards we talked for a little bit too, like his wife and it was just super cool. And we're eating chocolate, you know, I'm doing a podcast, eating chocolate and, and hanging out till nine 30 at night. Now that's my bedtime usually. But I'm trying to, I don't even like the word try. So I actually am doing now. Like, I'm like, okay, it's time for me a little more social. Like, I've been grinding for however long. Allowing myself to have a day like that and then to be comfortable and okay going, I don't need to be such a crazy, insane person that if I don't have this morning routine, my day's messed up. So, like, today, because I got so used to it, whereas, like, when when things shifted last year, if my since I couldn't go to the gym and all that stuff, whatever, and routines were shifting in general, I noticed I'm like, man, this is messing with me. So I can't be so attached to that that it it messes up everything else. And today was uh, an exception to that, and the the joy of like, okay, cool, I had fun, I enjoyed some things, like that offset it. I know tonight, boom, right back to it. So tomorrow's the same day, but it is a. Uh, it can be a challenge because you do hear those CEOs, you know, that like you're talking about that become, you can tell when they're off because they're turning into psychopaths. <laughs> yeah. All the programming and the, the redlining and mainstreaming. Yeah. Do you have a, I mean, what's your, you, you shared some pretty cool stuff. So let's jump into that. I mean, you, you had a lifestyle and then you switched it. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, uh, you know, hearing you talk about your, your routine definitely makes me go in my head. Like, uh, uh, you know, I'm like a change agent. And, uh, and I'm always, uh, trying to learn new things and incorporate all the time, but I don't know that I've really ever had, I mean, I say ever, but it's been years since I would say I've really had a really strong quality routine, whether it was where I lived or my job or waking up at a certain time of day, obviously COVID threw everyone for a loop. Um, but no, man, I, yeah, I mean, I've, uh, uh, definitely gone through a, a big change in the past year and it and it and it has uh unfurled uh, a series of other changes and it's like um becoming a flywheel you know increasing both both based on uh, my introduction to amazing people cool people like yourself you know and sort of the serendipitous way that we met has been like uh, dime a dozen a little bit and i mean not to <laughs> not to take away the amazing interactions not i've had with all. everybody but like <laughs> The, there's a serious replication in the way that I'm meeting people and coming into contact with them. And it's wild how it all started, uh, at least for me, when COVID hit and I got a mace and just dove into this whole world. Dude, yeah. So let's talk about the mace thing. Like we just went out to, to Wind and Sea, this mm-hmm. like one of my favorite beaches in Southern California, a beautiful place. And uh, you just showed me some stuff where I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm in shape. I'm okay. And just some of those movements was activating some muscles. I, I, I was watching some videos that you shared at first. And so I look at it, I'm like, okay, this is obviously really cool. Like this guy's spending time on it. He's a master of his craft in a, in a sense, you know, I, I'm not, I don't know the extent of where you would, you know, if there's a ranking system or whatever, but I, it, it made me think of the fact that I had never dug deep into what it actually takes or, or all the pieces, the work, the dedication, the micro movements, the thinking, the brain muscle thinking to do what you're doing or, or what what you might be doing with some sort of an object when it comes to fitness or 
uh, movies or, or anything. Yeah, it's interesting because, like, I mean, if I was to make an analogy, seeing, you know, hearing about your experience, if I was to make a comparison, you're doing little things, tweaking, making adjustments to your schedule, but you're you're very closely monitoring it and you're able to turn the knob, so to speak, to get the product that you want or the lifestyle that you want. And I can kind of take that same analogy to a lot of what I've done with the Mace in terms of uh, uh, looking at a specific area. I mean, the range of motion and movements and, you know, us be damned, this is a podcast and so we're talking audibly, but, you know, for for someone to see it, they can tell that there's a there are ranges of movements and particularly isolated areas where... Uh, if there's if there's something that I want to work on, whether it's uh, a certain side of my body or maybe uh, a, a fluidity of a certain movement when I'm uh, throwing the mace in the air or switching it between hands, uh, the 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 isolation of that is really what helps to kind of create a symphony as you start moving forward and uh, rotating through movement to movement. So um, it's it's really been interesting, and I kind of have learned to journal with it in some respects as well <laughs> as I, as I reach deep, because whether it's like I said, specific movement, it could also be what's on my mind and my heart that day that may lead me down that path of working in a specific set of movements. And then that's usually where creation comes and, uh, and, uh, it remains to be seen where we're going to go with it. When humans are creative creatures, I mean, one of my favorite things I heard in the last like one to two years was that, uh, money, you know, cause I, some people say, oh, money's bad. And I think greed can be bad. But when good people have money, they usually do good things with it. And so uh, I see money as like an expression, you know, <laughs> for people that have certain things. But they also, sometimes when people get super trapped and they're not using their creative flows, like talking about CEOs, business hyper hyper things, their, their art expression comes out in forms of money or business. We all in some way, shape or form are looking to be creative it's about a choice of what that outlet is. And sometimes it's an unconscious choice. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's a conscious yeah. choice. It sounds like you in the last year plus have made this conscious conscious choice to, to make that mace your outlet. Yeah, well, and that's a, good, that's a good point you bring up. I would say, at least in my case, and I suspect it's the case of many others, but uh, I might have unconsciously slipped into what I then consciously observed as... Um, uh, delightful, esoteric, uh, even as far as existential m motion and er, uh, thoughts and what comes with uh, uh, the building of the movement. Because you'll you'll work through something or whether it's, like I said, whether it's what's on your mind, um, a, a particular way that you feel inclined to move that day. I'm, I'm always reaching inward uh, to connect with, with the thing that is on the tip of my tongue, the, the top of my, whatever's right there at the front of my mind to, to move with and to explore with and to find out what that is. So it, but, but it all, it all circles back to every time that I've picked up the mace and I move with it. Um, that exploration is always like finding, finding what that feeling is and then reconnecting with it and then, um, uh, building on it as I go back to it every single day. <laughs> so let's, uh, so what is a mace? Describe, like, let's pretend, you know, obviously we're doing this on, on audio. 
let's say somebody's never like, what are these guys talking about a mace? Are they out there just like in the battlefield clubbing trees? Like what's going on over here? Yeah. Right. These, these, uh, <laughs> it sounds like they're, they're maces and clubs online, you know, spraying someone in the eyes or something out of their pocket. <laughs> yeah. These guys have been playing too many video games. No. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. Like I, my introduction to the mace was, uh, uh, was relatively recent for an item that I think is still relatively recent at least in the way that it's being used now and, and the way that people have picked it up. But uh, a mason, in so much as that we're talking about it, uh, is uh, about 40 inches long. Uh, it's 10 pounds. Um, there's different weights, but um, what a lot of what it is that I do is called flow. So I move in fluid transition from uh, position to position, um, and it can be rhythmic. It can be expressive. Uh, I can I can uh, do isolated uh, isometric holds uh, on certain positions. Um, it, it's a it's almost like it's both a tuner for your body as well as in many ways your mind because I can center myself very easily with it. You know, before so we it's let, a, yeah, it's like a club with a. I mean, I'm I'm trying to describe this kind of like thinking about it. Like if I were if I hadn't if I couldn't see one, it's a is that it's made of steel, right? So steel, <laughs> smooth, long handle. You're saying forty inches long. It's yep. got a a tip where there's 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 weight throughout the whole handle and it's like very evenly weighted but the end is a bit heavier and there's like a ball yeah it's actually a lot heavy it's like it's like pro i mean i don't know the exact percentage but it would probably be like 95 percent of the weight is in the globe okay. whereas very little of it's very thin hollow handle but yeah it's long imagine like um for those at home listening it'd be like uh if you're holding a ball maybe a little bit bigger than a maybe about the size of a softball maybe a little bit more in terms of the globe at the end. Um, and that's almost 10 pounds. And so it's support, it's supported and connected with a tail at the end. And so it's almost totally offset. So as you push the weight farther from your center of body, uh, it becomes harder to hold and it has a tendency to want to just, uh, want, want to swing or, or, or to drop to the ground because of gravity. And so when you hold onto the tail, you can, uh, create swing in your, uh, uh, rotator cuff of your arm and all these in, 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 in full rotation to the point where uh, we're not sure that there's a lot else out there that gets that kind of motion other than a club, which would basically be in, in many respects a shorter, more condensed version of a mace. And and you've been doing this, so you started this when exactly? So really it was uh, 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 right when COVID really, really got going in probably April. I mean, I know it all started for most Americans back in, in mid-March. Um, but, you know, uh, I was very familiar with kettlebells, like, you know, like we talked about. I've, I have a wrestling background from high school and uh, did a lot of, lot of martial arts in college, like Kali. Um, I did uh, Muay Thai, a lot of MMA stuff. Um, and uh, had some matches and so forth back then. But over time, I've kind of kept that practice, and I was teaching a kickboxing class uh, on the side um, as a, just a hobby when COVID came through and wiped it out. Having already had kettlebells and had familiarity with them, somewhere along the lines I had seen a maze. To this day, I still don't know where it was, if it was like an Onnit ad or what, and I only just barely knew about Onnit. And again, it's crazy to think about this. is only like a year and three months ago, like <laughs> April 2020. But anyhow, I bought a mace from Amazon on it. Didn't have any for a long time. They were out of stock for a while, but uh, uh, I bought one from Amazon and it was actually 15 pounds to start. And I just went to YouTube. I was like, I don't know how to use this. Let me, let me see what I can do. And so like anybody, I'd go to YouTube. And for the first four or five days, I, I caught a lot of just the 
you know, the stuff at the top, the with the most views, what, uh, whatever the algorithm was when, when you put in Steel Mace. I think you get like Mr. Mace Man. You get the, the On It Warrior Maker workout with Aubrey Marcus, you know, so uh, he does his thing and, and everybody does it. It's like, it's funny how many similarities we all had when so many of us got the mace and, and then came together after the fact. But anyhow, um, it wasn't for probably a few days, maybe close to a week before I uh, saw Leo. Uh, who uh, started Steel Mace Flow um, and does basically the, the types of flow movements that we did today and ultimately inspired a lot of, of me jumping uh, two feet into the water and, and saying, you know, I want to I take a look at this deeper. Because right away, I mean, just instantly, I could see the way he was moving and, and the fluidity of it, the, even the martial aspect from martial artist perspective. Uh, I mean, I noticed that right away and, uh, instantly connected with it. And that's pretty cool. I mean, it's, you know, from, I think one of the reasons stuff like that hadn't appealed to me in the past was it just didn't look, it looked like, okay, that's cool, but that's for someone that's really into fitness. I mean, in terms of like, like the, I didn't, my brain wasn't wrapping around the concept of, I can't imagine myself putting the the time to do that or where am I going to do it? Am I just going to go whack some people on the street with this thing? You know, all kinds yeah. of these thoughts where it didn't seem like it, it fit, but what we just did in terms of you taking me out there and I, I bet you could probably spend a half an hour you know, you could do a half an hour class or something just teaching one, one move. movement. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So how are you finding people, you know, that uh, anybody really are, are grasping on to the, the things you're teaching or getting acquainted with the maze? That's a really good, that's a really good question. Um, and, and so, you know, you and I, we, I, I, like I told you, we went through the car wash today. I always, you know, we, we talk about this in the community as well. Like, you know, we always want people to see, we, we got to have people do the basics for sure. They've got to see, you know, how to do very basic stuff, but also want to show them some fireworks, something that, you know, that leaves them wanting more or, you know, if they don't have a mace, they go home, they buy a mace, they start using it and playing with it. Um, it's, it's, you know, right now it's, it's really, we're trying to grow the, the snowball. I mean, it's, you know, I, it was funny, <laughs> you know, when I, when I found all these, all the flow artists and I started seeing the steel mice flow people and following on Instagram and getting connected with it, I thought, oh man, this is like, like the very beginning. I thought, man, I'm late to this. Like this party has been happening for two or three years. Like, oh man, I started looking into it and I realized it's, it, I mean, it has been, but it's still very young. And I mean, the, the, you know, if, if I was to look like hundreds of years in, in the fu- in the future and when I think about it coming back and, and I do think about that sometimes, it's like these first few years, it's, it's still really quiet. And I mean, I haven't even been here for a lot of that. So, um, to get people to connect with it, it's, it's a little bit harder because so many of us are still just exploring it. And a lot of us, a number of us have, have really become good teachers and have created some good programs to like teach with and walk people through flows. And, and many of them are, are much better than I am, but, um, really, man, it's just getting more people to pick up a mace. One of our little phrases is put mace in hands. Uh, I think it's part of the tagline of the steel mace flow company. And so, um, that's really the idea. I mean, you, you held one for the first time today, right? Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. And so, you know, most people just don't know what it is. So voila, for all of you that are listening now, you may have the opportunity to start Googling steel maze right now and see what the heck it is that we're talking about if you yeah. haven't already it's pretty and it's just that you know humans were we're wired to to be fearful of the unknown 
And so it's like, oh, what is this thing? How do I use this? I, I think it's fun because we're sitting out there and I told you, I think we turned that beach into a spectacle. <laughs> or I know I've been quite a it, quite yeah. a sight like from Mauricio over the last week and just all the crazy stuff we're doing in that little stretch of beach. Like, yeah, tours are like, mm-hmm. what is going on in this beach all the time? But um, it's cool. So do you... Uh, I mean, you obviously have gotten very good at it in the last year. How do you see this playing out for you over the next couple of years? Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, and 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 so much. Oh man, it's a, that's like that's really like the million dollar question. It's like you know, from from a from this perspective and where I sit and, and where this could all go. Um, so many of these things, like you mentioned, Maurizio and the Hydro Core and the Sandbag. These things for people that you know may, may you know are listening at home or otherwise are are all considered under, the, under what may be a relatively unknown but still rather large umbrella of unconventional fitness. So, whether it's a kettlebell, it's a club, it's a mace, uh, ropes, it's basically uh, it, we call it maybe an implement or or an item that you hold in a particular way, and it'll usually have some form of weight, but it requires or elicits. Uh, variation and movement that can get your whole body engaged. So, you know, if you're using just a club, uh, you know, you, with a, you know, you can do a lot with a 10, 15, 20 pound, 25 pound steel club and, or just, you know, even the wooden ones that they use. And they do a lot of these, these motions that engage both the brain and the body and work different hemispheres. It's a matter of, of integrating brain and body movement in a way that seems, and again, there's like not a lot of research on a lot of this stuff and, and, and not a lot of documentation, but it seems like it's much more natural to the way that we even evolved. So like when I was showing you the 360, which is a motion to those again, uh, can't see it. Um, it's a motion that drops the mace behind our head and our elbows go straight in the air. So that extends our rib cage. So if you're like if you can imagine being connected to one of those inversion tables where you strap your ankles and it looks like you're in a horror movie or something. I kind of <laughs> think about it like that because that extends your, your rib cage and extends, you know, your spine. Um, but the mace can do that while you're standing straight up because the way that it pulls your elbows up, but all that stuff is, 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 uh, create is, is working within the natural movement. I think of our bodies. So where it's going, Oh man. I, I mean, I'm just, my, my goal right now is to both learn about all the different uh, disciplines that there are in that way, but to, to get people to just see what this is. That's why my Instagram is just tons and tons of flow, mostly with the steel mace. I do other implements too, but because I want to take this as far as it can possibly go uh, and inspire people in the way that I was inspired and really just get their eyeballs on it because I just don't think people know it. Know what it is. Do you, uh, so like I, I instantly jumped to like a, a fair number of people I know in my life that have like shoulder problems, like rotator cuff. I'm talking like one dude's like, you know, 52 and was high school wrestler and stuff. And just from bench press and from the old school style things, like just messed up his body. Are, are people like that, you know, are they okay mm-hmm. grabbing a 10 pound mace and what kind of benefits would they get from this? Yeah, I think so. Uh, we've got a number of people in the community that have like physical training and, and even uh, uh, full medicine practice doctors um, who have taken up, uh, whether it's clubs or maces and so forth. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and some of them have really good programs to help integrate into really uh, low impact therapy. But, you know, a little bit as you and I saw earlier today is that we can, 
you know, we can, it's only 10 pounds, you know, or, or rather there's also seven pounds. I think there's even five, five pounds, maybe even a few lower ones, um, that some of which may not be able to fulfill the same purpose because it doesn't need to have some weight, but, but 10 pounds, it, it really still isn't a lot to just hold. And so, um, you know, we, you know, to answer your question, yes. And it's easy to, to take something, uh, uh, you know, if you especially have a specific injury, and incorporate that into uh, a training routine to start building that muscle up and then working to build a full range of motion, which is really what we're looking for. The crazy trainer is a friend of mine, uh, Jared Cardona in Florida. And he's, he's, he's one of these guys who's really great at uh, uh, basically doing prescription therapy workouts. And if you see his content, uh, he's getting a free shout out from me today, but if you see his content, you'll see a lot of stuff like whether he's using the stick mobility tools or kettlebells or the, or the mazes, um, you know, and, and, uh, uh, the way that, you know, you can apply it to people with a lot of different physical backgrounds. So are you doing anything like, uh, uh, online classes for people or Instagram live or anything like that, where, where people can just tune in and be like, what do I do with this thing I just bought on Amazon? <laughs> yeah, I, and that's a good question. So a lot of people do. In fact, we, there's actually a Mace Dojo. So under the Still Mace Flow website, um, you'll find that there's a Mace Dojo that you can subscribe to that we have teachers who, um, teach classes and they're all, they're all a little bit different. They all have a different focus, whether it's recovery or doing specific flow reps or, you know, whatever it is, they've got different themes that they all work on and, and areas they hone in on. Um, for me personally, yeah, I do some Instagram lives for sure. Uh, I don't have anything particularly scheduled. I, I definitely enjoy the serendipitous nature that I bring forth to my, you know, what my movement to the world. Um, but, uh, but there are a lot of really, really, really quality teachers. I mean, again, I would definitely look up Steel Maze Flow. Uh, there's a number of guys like Jeff Oaks and, uh, Jamie Pinto, Adam Nathan, uh, uh, many guys that, uh, men and women, I mean, uh, uh, uh Coach Verda in Texas and Kristen O'Brien in Canada. Some of these people have just become excellent teachers and they, they break everything down. Unfortunately, a lot of the community is on Instagram. We have some people that have some good uh, YouTube presence. Myself, I do not uh, yet, but it's something that um, as my practice has grown and as all this has evolved in my life, um, that's definitely something that I'm taking a serious look at now and developing. Well, you, you shared this video with me. I'm pretty, or I think I just found it. Maybe you did share it with me. I think you showed me when we were all watching uh, UFC 264 mm-hmm. that will forever live in my mind with the ankle of Conor yeah, McGregor being yeah. snapped. But uh, uh, where you did like this glow mace thing, mm-hmm. that was yeah. that was pretty crazy. So tell me more about that. Yeah. So and again, like you know, it's funny. It's this is the thing that for me pegged into my creative outlet in a way that I had never had before. So I've got hope for anybody out there listening. It's like if you've never found yourself to be a creative. At least in so much in my case, I went, you know, 30 years of my life before finding something that really, I think, really struck a, a chord. So, um, but no, it definitely opened my mind. And a part of that was uh, the creation of the glow mace. Before I get to that, I'll tell you, I bought a fire mace uh, back in was it June or no, May um, uh, from my buddy Sean in the UK. Beautiful, brilliant blacksmith makes, ama- I mean, he has, like, you can see the development of his craft over time. But um, anyhow, uh, he makes beautiful fire maces, and it's basically a, a wick at the end of a mace, of a steel mace. And so we'll we'll do some fire, some fire spinning tonight. You're welcome to come join us for that, like I mentioned. Um, but I got a fire mace. That was a fun, like, first foray into something 
a little bit different. I, I actually have a highlights reel on my Instagram I call special projects because I want to do more of these. And so the first was Fire Mace um, and a number of other of our of our other coaches have done that as well. But um, the Glow Mace is something that I think uh, a lot of us have thought about at some point. Uh, every, or I say everybody, a lot of, of people that have maces and have had maces for a while have tried to paint them. Um, or, or find a way to paint it and still use it and have struggle with it. I mean, it makes sense in large part due to the fact that paint doesn't adhere well to metal. Um, and so that's probably the first challenge you have to get over. Hmm. Um, yeah. I like that powder coating, right? Cause I, I think of kettlebells that are like powder coated now. There's no way to like do a dye powder coat. It's probably pretty advanced, but you probably could. I mean, I, I mean, you know, the, I'm pretty sure that's how the, maces are black yeah. um you know they're steel maces but they're black and i'm pretty sure that that's a powder coating I'm, I'm 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 pretty sure but i you know that that would that would definitely again i i would probably say that uh my skills in the in the creative <laughs> in the creative arts are rudimentary at best um but uh uh maybe, i have no idea about powder coating someone could be listening like god dude such a bonehead like you put <laughs> blue dye in there it's gonna destroy everything so i have no you idea what i'm talking coat about after the fact yeah Gosh. i have no idea what i'm talking yeah, about I, so. I, I definitely I, I won't be an expert there no but I, what i did is i did google i was like how can you do like glow and metal does that work like how does that happen so i googled it and i found this really cool website that was like very step by step by it and so I'll, I will reveal the secret today, which is ultimately that I got a white primer with a with a paint that's designed for metal called Rust-Oleum, and it's like maybe three or four coats of white paint on it. The reason why you have to do white is because glow paint doesn't usually show up, or rather shows up best under a white background. That way hmm. it can like bake in, the like it has these lumens in it, so the glow paint has these lumens and it charges up, and so the white background as it starts to glow will reflect off of it so it kind of incubates the light that's why it gives that real strong glow effect as well as reverberates light out so yeah it's basically the the white primer plus these these this glow paint which came in these vials that were like a little more than half an ounce so not very big really tiny and i basically took a little paintbrush and used all four of those guys I mean, they're like nine bucks a piece but you know basically use all four of those and then i put some acrylic on it so that way it would be you know, it could stand up against some elements like water and so forth. And so far, so good. It's hanging in there. I love that you uh, you had blue too. I mean, I just I thought it was cool. So, and where are you doing that? At? It was blue, right? Wasn't it blue? Blue background. Blue background. I remember blue standing. Out. I mean, this was like yeah. okay. I have to check but there is blue one. That's my. That would be the like. So the same company that make they only makes two colors. And okay. the company that I got this glow paint, they make green and blue. So the blue would be other. Um, it's at Balboa Park. Uh, here in oh, or in San Diego, so that's yeah. where you did that, mm -hmm. dude. That's like I was just here on Sunday. That's one of my favorite places in San Diego. I didn't get a chance, like uh, I didn't really get a chance to explore it in any strong detail on Wednesday when we were first there doing the fire spinning and then the glow maze. But I uh, went back there on Sunday, I think it was, and that place is really cool. Like all mm -hmm. the museums and the gardens and stuff. Um, I did a little flow over at this cactus garden that they have where that's pretty cool, but it was too early in the day, so you can't really see any glow on it. But, uh, um, yeah, no, that background is really like the, that area that's where we did the, where I did this flow. And for anybody listening, you'll be able to see it on my Instagram. Uh, uh, it's my, it's a glow flow and it's got a blue background, but it's an organ pavilion. And so they don't have any organs up there most of the time. And so it's just a stage. And then there's a projector all the way across the the way that's shooting out colors and so it'll just like randomly change from like blue to red to something else so yeah that was kind of cool that was a, that was definitely a 
you know, as a, as a flow artist, I definitely go, oh yeah, that's a cool ass spot. I'm gonna, <laughs> so, you know, I can kudos to Nate and squad for finding that one. That's pretty cool. I've, I know exactly the spot you're talking about too, mm -hmm. man. So that's, that's really awesome. Um, so we, you know, so you live in Nashville, right? Is that okay to put out there? Is yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Edit that. Okay. Uh, you and you just came back from Maui Fit, so you know, and you're in California right now, like in a few different spots. How do you see fitness or mace flow or things in general? Like, what is there different thinking in the different areas you're visiting right now, or, or based out of? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's is uh, is fellowship and trying to connect with with a lot of these people. That yeah, you're right. That I met. So Maui Fit was this really great collaboration, and and I think you know you did a you might have done one of these episodes with Maurizio and maybe Mark. I don't know, did you talk with Mark too? Maurizio was like the second dude that came by for this. Oh uh, yeah, he was like, I'm in. Second, let's yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. So Maurizio was really. I mean, to his credit, he was really him and he and Junior. Uh, uh, we're really the ones that uh, uh, spearheaded a lot of it. But yeah, it was a great, I mean, you know, for me, that was a great opportunity. And for anyone at home, Maui Fit was basically probably the first of its kind in terms of being something of a collaboration of uh, uh, fitness professionals through these various unconventional modalities. So um, we had people who really specialize in landmine which landmine has been a revelation to me and to everybody else that was there, especially all of us maze people like, what the heck? This is so cool. Um, you know, a landmine's literally a barbell, but one end it rests on the ground and you, you pretend or it's actually attached to a hinge. And so the other, other side you, you use to connect to your hip and create explosive movements that go down a line, um, you know, clean and jerk and snatch and all that stuff. Um, you know, and so you had, you've got all these, all these different groups over there. It's landmine or mace. Um, we had a guy there that had these things called bamf hammers, which is basically just a big hammer in a square block and you can slam on the ground, but swing it like a mace if you want clubs, hydro core. And so it was all of us coming together because we all fill this space of unconventional fitness and it's still so relatively obscure to the average person. I think that 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 was really good for us to come together to create some content where we were all saying, look, this is a thing. And so, you know, I, I, I've talked a lot since I've been here in San Diego over the past couple of weeks uh, with Maurizio and others about that. And really, I think we just, we need to have, you know, both more content and more events, more ways to generate buzz about it. Um, you know, and then, and then I think, you know, just get hopeful that people with big audiences and, um, and perhaps big influence, you know, we'll pick it up. And I think that's just, you know, that, or whether it's a show or something, any way we can, we can generate buzz and content on a bigger scale is definitely, uh, the way we're going. And we're trying, most of us are trying to collaborate together, knowing that we'll all succeed if we all go, you know, the rising tides, uh, you know, lift all ships kind of motto, I think is how most of us are going, which is good. I believe that's one of the most beautiful things about what's happening in the world of the internet world, the digital world, or I mean, it's yeah. been happening for a long time. And it's to me, one of the, the keys of, of business or life in general is finding these collaborative ways. And the creator economy has opened that up. If you, you can run the ship on your own and do your own thing, but the more you collaborate with people and, and find commonalities and figure out like, this pie, this pie of, of internet income <laughs> is pretty big and there's enough for all of us to go around. Let's, let's have a piece of pie together. Yeah. You can create some beautiful things. Yeah. And it, and it really is like, I mean, if, you know, 
if, if you were to give social media some kind of uh, altruistic light, I mean, I really think it should be about connecting and getting us all together and collaborating. So, you know, it's about creating content, but the idea is that you're sharing it with others. And the more that you can find ways to share with others, be it coming together for a podcast or meeting people of like interests or discovering something new altogether, um, it really is beautiful. It's just... Uh, it's it's a lot. So it's a lot of a lot of noise and a lot of things that people can get wrapped up in. Or rather, kind of like you were telling me, you know, just constant stimulus. So um, that's definitely something you fight. But it is it's it's a real joy, and it's a joy for me as a single man whom, you know, at age twenty nine, almost thirty, running into the pandemic was like, you know, well, I don't want to just be by myself in my house, not doing anything all the time. I was like, I'm gonna go out to the park, you know, and uh, I went to the park and I put my bare feet in the ground, I watched the sunset and swung mace. And it was like, this is really simple, but it works really, really well. And, and I, I don't know that I would have had that if I didn't have the collaboration of all the awesome people who, in, who while still being isolated, while all of us mace people and unconventional people are all basically, for the most part, isolated, but we do pretty good, pretty darn good job of connecting online. Yeah, that's... So with your recent experience, I mean, you're around a great group of people. I, I've actually done, not by name landmine, because we do it in the sand, but Junior, his uh, PB training crew out there yeah. on Sunday mornings, mm -hmm. do a workout in the morning. And, and uh, one of my friends invited me, it's actually I met Junior, is coming out there for the workout. Uh -huh. And that's part of like the circuit is the barbells like dug into the sand and it's like one of the stations <laughs> and you're just cranking up this barbell. So, you know, after connecting with all these people, Maui Fit, the time you spent in San Diego, What's what's one, two, or maybe a couple things that you're really excited to to take back into your life as you go back to Nashville? Oh, oh man, there's so much. Um, I mean, I you know, uh, one thing I keep thinking about is uh, uh, just having more events, and that was a lot of Mauricio and Mai's conversation when I met with him uh, uh, last week to do a workout with him and for HydroCore. Is we really sat down and and you know, planning events locally where we are. Um, you know, Nashville's great because there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of interest in other things there. There's not as much specifically in fitness maybe as there is here in uh, Austin, you know, in, in San Diego or in a place like Austin, Texas. Um, but uh, there is definitely interest. And so um, I think it's engaging people in your community and starting, starting some events. Um, and then also, like I, I want to like really the big thing, the big conundrum that I keep going on in my head is, what is it that can, that can take it all to the next level and like, and create, within a broader spectrum this movement culture because that's something a lot of us talk about is, um, you know many of us have, and I say us, you know whether it's you know unconventional fitness you could say you could say you know in this category if you're a you know, martial artist or you do something that maybe isn't quite as relatively mainstream um you know all of us like you know we're we're trying to explore ways that we can put this on you know on a bigger stage and so for me it's uh you know if it's somebody that we can put it in somebody's hands you know i think like uh, uh Kate Hudson did a uh a post with the HydroCore, and obviously that, that got Mauricio excited. Huge. Yeah, yeah. That video, last time I checked, it was over 1.7 million views. And probably people are like, 
it probably gets that not only because she's famous, but because they're like, what, what the heck is, is that? that? Well, it was the most, I, cause I was kind of curious, same thing. I was immediately, I was like, okay, is this like her normal? I don't look at Kate Hudson's Instagram, but because it was, you know, his product, I was like, well, let's check this thing out. And so I started looking at her videos, like, what's the most views she's ever got a video? I didn't scroll super far, but probably looked at like the last 30 posts. That was the most popular thing she posted. Really? It has that wow factor. Mm-hmm. She's, you have Kate Hudson in her backyard or whoever's backyard, trainer's backyard, swinging around a bag of water like a crazy person doing whatever. <laughs> you're like, you know, if you're a Kate Hudson fan, you're like, what is she doing? What, even if you're not a Kate Hudson fan, you're like, what is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so you know it's that I, I think I definitely think uh, uh, with some of us and you know I would say the mace people, mace flow people especially, there are elements, and this kind of was speaking to rather generically earlier in the in the in our conversation was about the spiritual elements and the meditative elements, and so um, so like you know when I talk when we talk about movement journey, you know whether you're exploring through martial arts or through a mace or through a hydro core. Um, there's a lot, I mean, there's, 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 there's so much that you can explore and you can build into your life, um, as a part of your day and the way that you've built in your, your morning routine, as an example of, of like, instead of necessarily going for reps, uh, or like time under, you know, like a hit style workout and you can do that stuff and there's nothing wrong with it. But, you know, I don't as often go for like, reps or hitting a certain level of cardio at a certain time as much as um, I work through flow and usually through a, a time period. So, and, and again, and it's not even something I, I, I block out, although you could, you could easily block out like an hour and then, and put a timer. And honestly, there have been days where, you know, I've just started to flow and gotten lost in it. And then I just noticed because the sun's down that I need to like go home or, you know, you get a phone call or something and you just kind of wake up. It's, it's a lot of that getting ingrained into our daily lives, I think is bringing a lot of satisfaction to people. It's really good to have something to get, you know, lost. And I, I think also, you know, a conversation we're having a lot lately with people uh, in business is around time compression, that things will take as much time as we allow them. You know, there's <laughs> things called Parkinson's law where it's like, if you have a task and you don't give a time to it, it can take six hours. But if you say, I'm going to get this done in an hour, like also this done in 45 minutes, when we do things like that, it's important. And if you, if you, depends on what you want to get done, right? When it comes to being effective, like you should have these little markers. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to feeling good or just kind of unleashing whatever that energy is, just having something you can go out and, and do and, and, and not have a time limit on, like it's really important to have that, I think, in our lives as well. Yeah. Like that kind of uncapped free space of time. It's, I mean, that's a good way of putting it. Like, you know, some people will give themselves uh, time to write creatively or, or do art of a certain kind, or like, you know, whether it's do journal and creative writing, giving yourself that dedicated time, you, you know, I think is starting to prove with these unconventional methods uh, to fulfill those mental uh refreshers and to be able to kind of get ourselves aligned whether it's whether you incorporate it into your routine as like a morning thing uh or later on i think it's the practice and and working through the practice and, and having intention with the practice that grounds us um i have a buddy up in in los angeles one of our flow artists uh a uh, mace guy and uh he he writes these beautiful haikus and um so much is is just uh a simple and 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 one of one of his that sticks out to me is um 
you know, when you spend out and spend time with others, uh, uh, and as that builds up over time, you will start to, to receive some of the habits and, and the influence of the people you spend time around. <laughs> so when you realize this or you, you know, you find a, 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 an instinct to return back to yourself, it's, it's coming back to a practice that can help you center yourself and return back to yourself. And so, um, in a lot of ways, Mace for me has become that. And in a lot of ways that makes sense from my martial arts background, the way that's evolved. So it really, I mean, it, it's, it's a really beautiful thing. It really is. I mean, you, you nailed it there. There's what I, what I co- I've heard referred to and I, what it sticks with me is the rule of five. You become the five people you spend the most time around. Mm-hmm. And so I think of uh, like working in leadership or business, uh, you know, my very first experience like leading a team was 12 people. Well, it was kind of a little easier to, you know, work with the 12 people and stay centered. Then it was a 25 person team then a 30 person team. And now it's maybe a 70 person team. And so that routine, those, those guarded protected times of like me really being me in order to go out into the world and take on that stuff, I think it's super critical. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it is really interesting. And, and so, you know, as I continue to explore this, uh, uh, I'm finding, as I was telling you earlier, I'm finding a lot of threads that connect over to other practices and other other uh, art forms as a whole. So it could be another athletic one, um, like say figure skating. That's one that's interesting. We've talked about <laughs> figure skating or or ballet. Um, I think that there are some unique uh, aspects to the inertia and the way we use gravity and and sort of using our bodies as slings. Um, and so as I'm, as I'm saying these, like, I'm curious for people at home that are like, okay, Mace, but then ballet and then figure skating, what is this like? You know, <laughs> but, but the way that you're swinging and you're creating that movement and inertia, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to see the way that that, uh, where that explanation is and then how you can apply it to, um, you know, to, to whether, you know, to a certain art form, be it, you know, painting or, um, working with, with different implements like a mace or a wall for drawing a mural, a mural or something, the way that you can nail the specific aspects of it and, and frame it up. It's uh it's beautiful the way the practice practice and discipline applies. Well, I want to say thanks to you for taking me through the, the workout and really just showing me all the different things. And I found it really interesting because I, I, I would say if we were to rate you know, balance on a scale to zero to 10. I'm, I'm not walking on a tightrope between two buildings in a big city somewhere, but I, I also know that my balance is, is pretty darn good. Or at least that's what I thought. I mean, whether it's hot yoga or like you talked about Muay Thai or something like that, like I um, have enough or basketball, like I have enough experience going, I'm pretty athletic. I can maneuver. If something is off, I can correct myself. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people are like, what the heck? Like, how did you even you know, stay upright in that particular moment. Oh yeah. And just being there on the sand when you're showing me the lunges tied to a, a swing of some sort, I was like, this is cool. Like this is making me think about movement and balance in different ways. The way that it pulls, um, pulls on you and the way that you can create suspension. Um, you know, I talk about it a lot, like, uh, uh, I, it's so hard for me to, to, uh, compress and then decompress the way that my mind works when I go through flow, but there are moments of suspension. So like we were talking about, like in, in what you're talking about in the exploration of, 
of some of these movements, like a 360, um, when we're putting the weight up and we're going to drop, we have to commit to the, to the dump. We have to commit to the surrender, in other words. Um, and, and that particular moment, uh, is fleeting, but it, it's a moment of levity and it, and, and exhilaration because you're letting go and the mesa is going to start taking its arc and its swing behind your back. And you're like, you know, at first, the first time you do it, you're like, I don't want to hit my hip or my back. And you start, you know, you're squiggling and you, cause you're trying to make sure it's not going to hit your butt. And you're just, cause you, you know, you're working on developing your technique and your body has to build this motion up. Um, but it's those moments, uh, uh, in between of the suspension and when gravity finally takes the pull and pulls it down. Um, that's really interesting. And I find myself exploring ways that I can extend that. And then, you know, and in those moments use it to catch and turn the mace in different ways and then, or turn my body and augment in different ways. Um, and then you can repeat it over and over again. And it becomes like this, this novelty that, that um, never really, dulls like it never gets boring <laughs> what has the building that level of of trust with this object and and yourself really what has that done for you over the last year it's interesting no that, that's a really good point i would say uh it definitely has led me to doing more creative work for me to exploring different directions of where to go with my life. Obviously, I mean, admittedly, I didn't, I wouldn't have ever expected to be here in a year, spending two or three weeks just hanging out here in, in SoCal, SoCal. And of course, I'm uh, grateful to have the opportunity to do it. But um, it's definitely thrusted my mindset to really try new things. I, I've always been somebody that's tried new things, frankly, and gotten out of my comfort zone. So I would say maybe I had a little bit of a leg up on the on the curve there, being that I've always wanted to, to try new things to get out of my comfort zone have new experiences, be well-rounded, et cetera. But, um, you know, it was the mace. And then I was seeing all the people in the community on Instagram and I was going, okay, so I'm seeing it, I'm liking their stuff, you know, and, and I thought maybe I'll, maybe I'll post something at some point. And so about a month into it is when I started recording and that was new. I mean, it was like, I've never recorded, I've never been a videographer, never had any background. And it's like, do I, you know, and so I would start recording stuff a lot to just a watch form, but to just for my own curiosity, see if it even remotely passed my interest level or threshold of what I thought was uh, uh, quality enough to make it to make it to social media and Instagram. But over time, I kept with it, and then eventually, I went, okay, this is good enough for me to post. And then over time, it became a matter of figuring out the best way to make a video and how I wanted to do it. And I found I I, I actively found myself reflecting on the way that I was working through incorporating these elements. And, and again, you know, like building a, a, a daily routine, working through a podcast, all the things that come together over time, you'll you know, like, you may have become an expert about something. Like you're like, I can freaking tell you all about these microphones, even though you had no <laughs> intention of ever learning that much about microphones. Um, I think that's that, I think that definitely incorporates into the whole, like, you know, you haven't uh, worked a day in your life. If you know, if you're doing something fun or whatever the, the phrase is because uh, if you if you enjoy something, you're able to do that, especially do it for your career or something. Um, all those other little things, uh, I think, just become parts that help you to build as a person. It makes you stronger, more run. It's all because you're continuing to seek out that passion. So um, that's definitely what it, it for sure threw me uh, with a burst of confidence to try a bunch of new stuff. 
And you're, I mean, so we're out there on the beach and I'm like, dude, this guy's jacked. Like this guy's like, what is oh, he thanks. doing over here? Yeah. And is it a hundred percent? Is this the only thing that you use? Pretty close these days. Pretty close. Yeah. I, I, uh, for a long time I had still kept up a routine of doing hit workouts. Um, when I first started doing the Mason all through last summer with it, I was probably doing about three or four hit workouts a week, maybe four or five that were usually 15 or 20 minutes in length, um, total and were usually pretty arduous, and then I would go swing mace. So and mace so, mace so like a supplement. Quick, just like hit H-I-I-T. Some people are mm-hmm. like, what is that? So oh, yeah, high, yeah, yeah. High uh-huh. interval or high intensity interval training. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would incorporate that with my kickboxing class. So I teach my kickboxing class, and I would do these hit workouts, yeah, mm-hmm. high intensity, intensity interval training. And, um, and yeah, I, but honestly, that was from – I've been doing that for years because I found the, there was a couple on Fitness Blender – I'm sorry, on YouTube called Fitness Blender. <laughs> uh, uh, my brain's working all kinds of backwards today. Um, and they've had really good content for free for a while. So I just found, you know, I've, I've just as a, as a low level quality control means, I've always had a certain threshold of hit workouts that I always did during the week. If I was in between places, then of course I had BJJ for years, kickboxing class for years and so on and so forth. But now it has really largely converted to mostly the mace. Uh, like since I've been in San Diego, I did the PBT Pacific Beach training workout, like you're talking about Sunday morning one time, mm-hmm. and then I did Maurizio's workout. <laughs> but yeah, which is good. That's great too. But like honestly, beyond that, it's really been mostly all the mace, and that's that's the other really crazy thing about it. Because you know what, man, I, you know, even though I've always exercised, I mean, I say always since high school wrestling, I've always been really intent about being in shape and being fit and being good about it. I still had to fight those days where I was like, man, I really don't want to do this, or I'm going to have to just grip my teeth. And I have never had to do that once with the mace. It's my favorite part of the day. I love, you know, when I, especially, especially if you, you know, if you, if you're, if you listen to a certain type of music, if you're a music person, man, you put on, put on some music and you start working through these moves. And it's when you don't realize your, your brain starts clicking and you start, you, you start realizing the level of interest that you have in a particular movement, and I think I think the maze or the the music does play a role in uh, helping to at least in in my case to elicit some creativity and motion and get get the creative juices flowing. But yeah, it, it it's totally evolved my whole my whole day to day routine and uh, to what degree I had one, and especially with fitness, it's it's uh, that's that that's the part that like if I could help everyone to have something like this and then create this movement culture, um, you know, where this is just going to be a part of my day regardless. And I don't really worry. Like if, like if I do have to fly somewhere, like I went to Maui, that's like, you know, a seven hour flight and then three hour flight to get to Denver to fly seven hours, you know, long day. I may not touch the mace that or, or, or may not do much that day, but I don't really worry about it. Do you, and you travel with these things. I mean, these are years that you brought. Cause we're like lugging these things down to the beach and I'm all, this is cool. Like, I don't mind carrying kettlebells and stuff at the beach. But. Yeah. That's really funny. That's, that's a funny part too. You mentioned that cause, um, you know, like the way that we, like what people are thinking about us, the way that we look while we're at the beach, like people think we're crazy. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. Like I've, I've had an evolving thought process about that too, man, because like I've, I naturally have worn flip flops quite frequently through the years, mm-hmm. but I do it. I do it a lot. Probably even more now. Um, and I think in large parts due to the mace. And now, now to be clear, for everyone listening at home, you know, we were just at the beach. Um, I'm normally, whether it's at the beach or or 
you know, if you have access to one or at the park, like where I am in Nashville, um, I'm almost always barefoot. And that's definitely a personal preference of mine. I like being able to grip the ground and, um, and tear it apart and so forth. But, but what I learned about presentation and being around other people is like, I think that's a little bit more de-escalating. Like I feel like more of the samurai when I'm bringing the mace versus like the, what the heck is that guy doing with the, with that very scary, potentially looking object. Um, that was one, another, another consideration is travel like you're talking about. So like going to Maui or flying with it, you have to check it. Um, and so, you know, there, you know, it's like, do you want to try to pack it with the other stuff or do you want to put it in a separate bag? Some people will buy like, uh, like a, you can buy a, a gun bag or you can buy like a, a lacrosse bag or what have you. And I've had, I've got a couple of them now, but one of them that I don't use so much anymore is the lacrosse bag that's just for the lacrosse stick. So it works pretty well. And, you know, and by all intents and purposes, it, you know, it's almost a mace bag, but not for the mace. But anyhow, it works really well, but it's all black. And when I'm walking with it, it looks like I'm carrying a rifle. <laughs> so, so ultimately, it's like I definitely have... There's all kinds of considerations that go into your head when you walk around with it. So that is something to to consider uh, for anyone looking to get one. But I think by and large, if you, you know, go to the park or something, you're probably okay. Like, yeah. It didn't really bug me much because I feel like I've already become the crazy guy that does weird stuff at the beach at Wind and Sea regularly. So I'm like, this is, I'm just going to, yeah. all right, today's Mesa's. It sounds like, it sounds like, it sounds like at this point you should have, you probably have spectators that are like, hmm, who's Derek bringing by today? Oh, this weirdo with a maze. They have, they have a, uh, they have like Instagram account called like Kook of the Day. And it's all, it's like mostly beach, but like surf based or there's all those words. And I'm like, I'm just waiting for someone I know to send me like, dude, look. You're doing something weird in public again. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, we'll get, get on one of those accounts. Yeah, I, I bet there's a, a lot of them around here. There, there's, I mean, there's a lot of good people watching uh, around a beach in general. But oh, yeah. what well, I mean, uh, so thinking about that too, because we had some kids wandering around, and I was I was a little bit surprised, you know, if it, personally, I, I, I work to be aware, you know, to whatever mm-hmm. level that is. And, and if I see somebody like, you know, with something that looks like a large club, even if I think it was plastic, I'm not really going to walk towards it. But we had like, you know, folks just kind of yeah. walking right by, like, let's see how close we can get to this. How much space? Are you going to say them on that? Or? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, exactly. It's like, well, so that's always, that's always a thing. Like, uh, it's funny. So in Nashville, they just renovated Centennial Park, which is really cool for anybody who's listening. You should go Google Centennial Park or specifically Google Parthenon. For most people that hear Parthenon, they think of the structure in Greece and Athens and, and, um, as they should, but there is a full scale size replica of the Parthenon in Nashville, which is pretty cool. And so they have like the main or one of the main parks, Nashville Centennial Park, and they just renovated a huge lawn out in front of it. Um, and so <laughs> it's funny to your point. It's like there's so many days where I will go to the park and I'll be like, okay. I'll spot a part, a spot way across the way. And I'm like, I'm going to go over there where nobody is. And I'll walk all the way over there with all my stuff. I'm like, I'm long working out. So I, I don't mind carrying the stuff a little bit farther anyway, so I can get some clearance. And to your point, it's like people will, and, and they they just don't know, but yeah, they'll just, they'll kind of hover towards you. And I was just like, oh, I'm trying to get some space away from you. I definitely don't, I definitely think about it though. And that's always kind of something on the back of your mind is like, is there somebody that doesn't know and they're walking up behind you? So yeah, that can happen. How much space does somebody really need to do? Let's say you have a beginner that just wants to do some of those 360 swings you were showing. I mean, you're just some really basic stuff. Like, mm-hmm. 
I mean, you probably can't, could you do it in your bedroom? Do you need a backyard out front? Yeah, you, you could, I mean, there's a lot of people that do it in their bedroom or, uh, or from their backyard. Um, and it's funny, like, you know, again, talking about some people in the community, we have some folks who will literally do every single post in the same spot. And I get it. Like for some, you know, this is really good, especially for fitness accounts, people that are doing like, I'm just going to do the only thing I'm changing isn't my pants or location. It's just like <laughs> dumbbells from this size to this size. Like I get it. But, um, uh, but no, it, uh, Anywhere that you have the space, I mean, you you ideally should be able, most folks, you know, should be able to not only ascertain a mace, but then uh, find a place, whether it's in their home or in their backyard or a local park. I like parks because I like to be able to put my feet in the grass. Um, I like to have a flat space if I can, somewhere clear. Um, and, you know, at this point, these days, I am trying to get seen uh, visibly more than when I, when I first started, I was a little bit more content to, uh, you know, go to, go to some more obscure parts of, of the city to, to be more alone. So people wouldn't be like, because I, I probably didn't look as clean or, or crisp as I do now, but, um, but yeah, now I try to go be seen and, and try to avoid at least get a little bit of space when I go out. So most people can be, shouldn't have a problem, uh, doing it wherever they are. And it's, you know, it looks really cool on video and seeing it in person just felt kind of like something different. Like, I don't think you, you did a bunch of crazy stuff. I think you're just like, oh, and check this out. And it was like a little brief. I'm like, yeah. oh, he's not even, he's not even trying. Like, he's just like, check out this little thing. But it it looks pretty freaking sweet in person. It's so fun. I mean, I I, I really love it. And, and I don't think it's, you know, I, I, I wish, I hope everybody that's listening, you know, takes away that they could do it too, or that they, you know, it's not, it's not exclusive to anybody that's had a, has a specific background. Um, you know, I, I am, I am more of the opinion as I get older that I want to keep learning about different movement practices. Cause I do think there are more universal concepts that are starting to, to come into play. Um, because I, as I pick up new objects, I can pick them up faster. And, and a lot of times some of the move, movements are exactly the same, but point being is for anybody at home, you know, there's a lot of really incredibly grounding movements okay, that are going to build a solid foundation for your movement practice, regardless of whether or not you play a specific sport, if you're a martial artist, if you just want to get into fitness and try something new because you hate, you know, whether whatever it is that you do, CrossFit or whatever, you know, functional <laughs> fitness. I mean, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it, I, I think that there, there are, are some very strong alternatives to this idea of like, Hey, pay us to, you know, for 30 minutes, we'll make you hate your life for two days after this and then you'll come back and you'll, you'll hate your life for two days, you know, or, you know, whatever, because of doms and all that. I, I think, uh, there's, a, there's a lot to be said for, uh, this movement culture that I think is starting to bubble up. Well, and it's, uh, there's a lot to be said for that because I, I think, you know, the, this super cool dude that, uh, that cuts my hair, he's, uh, he's, he's awesome. And we were talking about this because we used to work out at a gym called La Jolla Sports Club and it closed down, mm -hmm. um, after COVID hit. And, uh, you know, he's been doing kettlebell training at the beach in the morning, just talking about all stuff. And so they opened up a new gym and most of the people, a lot of people from the old gym, like switched over when they opened up the new one now. And I haven't seen him in there. And I was like, what's up, man? You coming back to the gym? And it was just really cool how he put it. He said, He's like, at first it was really tough for me to be working out on the beach and like, this was like a new experience and it was a different <laughs> routine. He says, he says, now he said, I can't, he's like, what do you, how do you put it? I'm not sure if I will go back to a gym ever. He's like, mm -hmm. and the word he used was humanity. 
He said, out, I know, powerful, right? He's like, outside, working out, feet in the sand, nature, sun coming up. He said, I feel more, he's he's like, my humanity is better when I'm not in this caged building. Yeah, and I think for everybody that's in there, uh, you know, uh, the, the social aspect of it is, is, is great. And that's honestly, that's the thing that I think is probably hardest for people that are, that do a lot of maze flow or, or a few of us in our community because we are so isolated. There's just not as many maze people. So if you were looking for community through fitness, um, naturally that it's just the conventional methods that are out there largely, but, but I mean, you know, and again, a lot of that for me and talking about next steps and so forth, like I plan on starting a, a meetup for Mace in, in Nashville. So that way uh, there can be some routine about a time and place for people to come if they want to explore it. Because I think, I do think community is super important and, and I can understand, you know, you were saying that to him as a friend being like, Hey, when are you coming back to the gym where we, where we socialize or we connect or, you know, that's one of the ways that we do it. Um, and so I do think that's super important, but if you could find a way or if you have any inkling to explore movement uh, outside or, or unconventionally in some capacity, um, you know, I, I highly recommend to just go outside um, and find something, you know, uh, I mean, you know, whether, whether it's whether it's an unconventional uh, a fitness tool or or you just want to get in front of a sunset, you know, putting your feet in the ground, I think was really important, especially because of how much time we all spend inside quite naturally. And, and I think COVID's done more of that to bring us all indoors. Um, that search for something a little more healing to, to us as humans and um, something a little bit deeper, maybe even spiritual, something I definitely connected with. So your friend having that whole, like, I don't think I'll ever go back thing. I feel I felt that I've not only felt that with gyms, but I've also felt that in somewhat with with other martial arts. Maybe not as much because I think there's so much to learn in general that I do want to learn more. But being like the freedom that I have to go create with flow and to do something today that I didn't do yesterday or to build on it is just way it's way too addicting. It's just it's so it's it fills my life. It's very rich. You mentioned getting certified earlier and and what that looks like so you're so you're certified in this is this are you in a position or have you are you considering uh you know are you able to like help other people get certified or certified people yeah i think uh what the you know what the process would be like for that is ultimately i would i would walk somebody through uh um foundational movements and and ultimately build them up to the test to what well, it's needed to pass the test for steel mace flow in that case. So, so that would be for steel mace flow. There's, there are several different groups and organizations that do certifications. Um, I think flow is probably the most comprehensive and allows you to get the most out of a single 10 pound steel mace. And that's largely where I feel like you can create, but yeah, my, the, the concept of being certified is both that I could walk somebody from, the ground up perspective, a little bit like we did today, having never spent time picking up a mace before and ever having done it, you did a lot of really awesome stuff today. And we worked through a lot of motions. And so we would extrapolate that over a period of time to where you'd get good uh, with some very root root movements. Um, and then, of course, the 360s, like I mentioned. So uh, a 360, again, I know we, we have described it a little bit, but imagine 
that you could run a marathon, but with your arms. That's <laughs> what I think a 360, doing multiple 360s is like, because most people can, even for people that are, that are brand new to it, if you've got any kind of athletic, I mean, any kind of athletic background, you could probably do a 360, but what's required to, uh, you know, pass steel mace flow certification is to do 500 of them, uh, with a 10 pound steel mace. And so, um, which is funny because when I first did it, that was, that was somewhat, uh, somewhat, uh, 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 intense or, uh, uh, I don't want to be on the word intimidating, but ultimately now after practicing them so often, they've become more like a way to get a, like a long distance workout with your arms to the point where now I can do, you know, 3,200 of them or more. I might, I'm going to do 10,000 at some point I'm going to do like an Insta live and, and do 10,000 and maybe do some charity thing or something. I'm not sure yet, but. So yeah, I, you you nailed that. You said thirty two hundred. So tell us about a little bit about what thirty two hundred. What there really wasn't anything specifically. Yeah, thirty one, thirty two, thirty one hundred. What that was is literally just me starting out. Every time I've done like a, a marathon set, the only time that I've ever planned it was probably about four hours beforehand, and it was for New Year's. I just decided to do. I was trying to go for twenty for for twenty twenty one. I was trying to go for twenty one hundred uh, swings with a twenty pound mace. And so again, if we're doing numbers, making comparisons to pass certification for steel mace flow, you have to do 500 two-handed swings with a 10-pound steel mace. Um, and to and what I was talking about just a minute ago would be doing 1,200 of those uh, with a 20-pound. And so it's a, a big jump, or uh, 2,100, I ended up doing 1,200 of them. Uh, so that was a big goal. But but no, I mean, literally, I, I'll just start swinging and then I'll hit hit that flow state. And so that's a really unique feeling too. I mean, every, most anybody that's worked out is familiar with endorphins. You know, you get that, that nice runner's high, good feeling after a really tough workout. You get all that, of course, with the mace, but there's something, it feels like there's something more when you do in particular, a long swing round. I'll feel it for sure. When I get into just pure flow state and range of movement, but, but like what I'm talking about right now is literally one movement, a 360, and doing it, you know, once you get to about two or 300 of them, you start to hit flow state. And it's this strange feeling when you start to deepen the swing. And as you get tired, the only thing you really can do is just deepen the swing into the, into the gate of your, of your shoulder. And so as you do that, it kind of becomes this pain pleasure thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those in there, you know, again, for those out there who, get lots of tattoos or have like that pain pleasure complex, you know, you may find this may be a, a new home for you because that's exactly what it becomes. And so 3,200 for me that day, the, the reason why that's my record is because that one probably took me about two hours and 15 minutes to get to that. And I was like, I need to go to bed because it was like one o'clock in the morning and I just didn't plan it. But, but yes, that's why I do intend to do 10,000 swings at some point, but it's really, it's really wild. And then to set the mace down, after doing that, it feels like vertigo for a second because you, I'll, I'll hold it with two hands at the very end, and I feel like I go down flights of stairs. Hmm. Like I look like I almost like I'm about to fall into the ground. So that's something that you know I have. I don't have a great way of describing it any more than to say that um, there's something about those about 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 a 360 swing and the way that it gets into the gate of your of your arm that it creates this separation in your organs and that's what I was talking about the inversion table mm. the way that it 
extends when your elbow comes up and extends all through your ribs, it like separates your internal organs that I think also, re- you know, releases fluid and helps new blood to come in. And anyways, you it's could, wiggy for you sure. You could almost make Woo-woo. the argument that if, if, if someone were to think, you know, and I, I bet there's somebody out there that thinks this, that we were maybe, you know, apes at one point mm-hmm. or, or chimpanzees were swinging from the trees. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I mean, there's some, maybe there's some primal, if you were someone to, to believe that, mm-hmm. you know, and don't think we just appeared out of a, uh, you know, the, the ground and dust and dirt, you know, 5,000 years ago, but. Yeah. And so much is that I, that I can, uh, uh, apply my life to the Flintstones. This is a fun statement to make, but, uh, uh, I think about swinging a club and being like, you know, yeah, it's gotta go behind your back and over your head. And, um, and, and, you know, it, there are definitely fun times when I, I feel like either a caveman or a superhero. Hopefully it's more the, more the latter, but <laughs> no, it's pretty cool, man. Hey, I know you have some really cool things happening this evening. And, and is there anything that you, you know, really were excited or thinking about, hey, you know, that we didn't cover today? Um, no, I mean, well, you know, first of all, I appreciate you for uh, inviting me on here. And um, I know you've talked to some really cool people. So uh, the fact that I could be included in that in some capacity is a, is a great honor. So hopefully I haven't bored everyone to death. But no, I, I, I think the thing, I one thing I would say is like, um, and what what a lot of this conversation has been about today, if I was to recap any of it, would be like there's a whole there's a whole world out there of movement expression that can connect that can help ground people in into a practice uh, that they can build their lives on in a similar way to a morning routine to being consistent with uh, uh, with you know whether it's where you wake up when you go to bed or what you eat or when you eat, or, or, or anything else that grounds your life, movement and exercise can, can fit in in a way that, it's, that, that is, um, is liberating. That's it. And that's, the way, that's what I was going for. I was like, gosh, it was slipping on my tongue. Movement liberation. So one, one thing I'll leave you with is I do have, and he'll appreciate this, I have a, a, an older client in, in North Carolina, 66 years old. He's a former priest. And um, I had the opportunity to train him over the last year uh, through Zoom calls. I haven't got a chance to meet him in person yet. But um, to start 2020, he had uh, lost about 100 pounds of weight um, through unhealthy habits through the years, common to his generation especially, and had lost a lot of muscle with that. And so to start 2020, he could almost, as he described it, uh, I think, could barely get off the ground unassisted. So he just, he found me on Instagram uh, months later. That was the beginning of 2020. He found me on Instagram probably in September or August of 2020. And by that point, he had started to incorporate some very incredibly light movement, like just some ropes and like, a, you know, a 10-pound kettlebell, maybe like a 10-pound club here or there, um, and some really light movement, some stuff on stairs and body weight work and things like that. And, and really, you know, it's it was it's been interesting to 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 get to be a part of his journey and see that because um the growth has been phenomenal and and to give him in particular um a, a reset on a life moving forward that that can give him maybe more movement than he's ever had before um and and even more unique in his case is that he had a heart problem growing up and so he wasn't allowed to exercise until like his mid really his mid-20s even then i don't think he was allowed but i think it was just kind of like well you're gonna live longer than we thought you were going to so 
have at it. Um, and so he's, he's had all these complications, but it's been a beautiful thing to see his growth. And now he's, you know, now he can, he can do a tree king, which is an, uh, where you're shooting the arrow out and you're standing on one leg. Um, for those who do yoga, you know, a tree pose would be a very common hmm. uh, analogy to that. So, um, but, but point being is, uh, this can be integrated into your life in a way that, that can, be non-stressful, but build your body. That's right. I said non-stressful, but can build muscle and range of motion in ways that you didn't know existed. And so, um, you know, I like going for the Bruce Lee body and, uh, uh, you know, to, to quote Leo a little bit on that. And uh, uh, I definitely think this can get people there. So be curious, be interested, look up unconventional fitness, look up mace, clubs, Hydrocore, they're getting all the shout outs, slush ropes, um, because uh, there's a lot there that you may not have realized may, may flip turn your life upside down overnight. You may find yourself in San Diego if you're living in the Midwest for years. So, anyhow, that's freaking awesome, man. How can people find you? Yeah, right now it'd be Instagram and Facebook. So, my name is again Jared Thomas. If you're looking for me, you might look up Jared Michael Thomas. That's Jared, like the jewelry store, J A R E D. If you can't tell, I've done that a couple times. But, uh, but yeah, and, uh, and there's a, there's so many people in, on, in the community. Uh, if you look up just any hashtag with steel mace or steel mace flow, you're going to find some really dope humans. There are some cool people out there that are not only exploring the movement as a whole, but how to teach it. And so like one really cool thing is even as small as we are in the community, I think there's like one of us for everything. So we have people that are really good teachers. We have good people that are, that are really traditional. We have people that have these different backgrounds um, and they're really using it in beautiful ways. And so um, if you do a little bit of exploring, you'll pretty much see everything, but uh, hopefully we can get more of it out there. So that's cool. seems like you're doing incredible things. I know, you know, just, by association and even meeting you, you immediately, I'm like, all right, this guy's cool. So I'm happy that, uh, yeah, man, you're, you're super great guys. So it's been really fun having you here and, uh, happy that you're enjoying your time in in San Diego and, uh, great to get to know you better too. Again, that workout was super fun. So thank you for that. And, um, we'll be checking the Instagram accounts to see if we end up on someone's funny video page later. Yeah, we might, we might be, well, we'll do, we'll, we'll get on the, on the, uh, the weirdos page and then we'll get on the, uh, the crazy fitness page. It'll yeah, be I like think, the same video. I think <laughs> Onnit should be paying you too, by the way, for all these promotions on their maces. I will say for the record, <laughs> for the record, I do send pretty much everybody their way on the maces and have bought a, a a more than superfluous amount uh, for myself at this point, mostly that I can teach them. But yes, um, I always happy to give on the shout out. But uh, you know, hey guys, if you wanna you wanna look my way sometime, I'm happy to happy to give more love back to you. So anyhow, we'll see if you can pass this this way their way. All right, man. Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thanks, Eric.